is episode 255 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And hopefully you're enjoying your time in quarantine with yourself, friends, family. I know I've been working from home. I now, I think, going on four weeks now. But uh, for this week, I'm very excited to talk about one of the most fun movies that I have seen in a long time. And it was so fun that I couldn't do this review alone. So joining me on the show this week is fellow podcaster and local actor, Mr. Thomas Rochester. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, brother. How are you doing? Doing good. I know we haven't really uh, talked too much since Pensacon, but uh, yeah. are, are you in quarantine? Or are you still working? What, what's, what's been going on with you? I am still working. My job has been deemed quote unquote essential, but it's only essential to the economy. I work as an engineer to pay the bills. It is my day job and it has been uh, a little bit slower at work in the sense of getting responses from people is next to impossible in a 72 hour time span. But other than that, work is pretty much the exact same, um, which is nice considering that I, I am now not traveling. So I'm sitting on a lot of money that I normally am shelling out for rentals and stuff. Um, how, how's life in quarantine for you? I know you're I'm watching your daily diamonds every morning and it's, it make it brightens up my work day before everyone else gets to the office. I appreciate that. No, it's, um, I figured, you know, since I'm working from home now, why not have a little bit of fun with it? And honestly, mm. it's like the, the chats from the daily diamond have become almost bigger than the podcast. And, and I think it's because a lot of people are working from home and yeah. you, um, incorporating the top five list and everything, you know, makes it really interactive. And some of them are really hard. Like the one I think today I did uh, sports movies and then did wrestlers yesterday. And yeah. those were both really hard. Yeah. Oh, man, those were I had to make mine up on the spot this morning because I, I missed the chat last night and I, I listed five off the top of my head and then I forgot all of my favorite comedies that are sports films like semi-pro water boy, the replacements. And I, I was upset. Well, that's the thing with sports movies is that you, they're almost divided like strictly into two separate categories. You have your comedies, like your major league semi-pro yeah. ones like that. And then you have the dramas like remember the Titans and mm-hmm. Rudy, various ones like that. So you could honestly probably do like top five drama and top five comedy. Yeah, I oh yeah, definitely. I still think the program is probably my favorite sports movie of all time. It is the most accurate description of a college football team I think that you could you could put out there. Not only did it blow my mind, I was like, oh, that's what college is gonna be like. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, it probably won't be like that. It's exactly what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one, so I'll have to, I'll really? have to check that out. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good 90s flick. James Caan, um, Cuba Gooding Jr., I do believe, okay. is is the running back. Yeah, it's, it's got a good cast. It's really, it's a fun one. That's a fun one. It's a very drama. I think it's rated R. Okay. Oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to try and check that out, hopefully this weekend. But as I mentioned earlier, so we're we're here to talk about two things. We're obviously going to talk about CyberCon, which is this weekend that I know you've had a, a huge, huge hand in. So we'll we'll get to that yes. a little bit later on. But something that you recommended because 
you know, I had the idea to bring you on the show this week to talk about CyberCon, and I do some type of movie or show review, and I was like, what what can we review? And you yeah. brought up Jumanji, and instantly I was like, absolutely, because I kind of starting back from the 90s, did you ever see the original with Robin Williams? I did. I saw it when I was, uh, I think it was as soon as it came out on VHS, um, we probably rented it or my grandma bought it. It's what she did. And we watched it and it scared the hell out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those movies, like I remember watching it as a kid and I Mm -hmm. liked it. And then years later, they announced the Welcome to the Jungle, you know, with the the first movie with The Rock, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillian. And there were a lot of people that were upset by it. They're like, oh, you can't remake Jumanji. But I'm like, I don't know if I would put Jumanji quite in that untouchable category. I mean, there are some there are some that you would put on that list. But and as much as I like Jumanji and I love Robin Williams, I wouldn't think Jumanji is like sacred film grounds. I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel the exact same way. Like I said, it scared me. Um, So normally when I get scared by a film, I don't usually enjoy it the second time, but I enjoyed Jumanji the second time. It's got, it's got a very Jurassic Park feel to it. I think is a re it's just old school, good effects. Um, And it's, it's a great story. It's about finding your home after you have been stranded. It's basically castaway, but with Les Wilson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, as soon as they announced the second one, I was like, I mean, I'll give it, I give anything that the rock is in a chance. So I saw it and mind blown, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they tied it into the first one. Um, that was, that was a very unexpected situation. And so uh, that was a very, Oh, until I saw ready player one, I would consider Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, the best video game film of all time. You could definitely make the argument that it's up there because I remember seeing the trailer for it and I was like, oh, this looks like a pretty fun movie. Like, I'll eventually mm-hmm. check it out. Like, I had actually no plan to go see it in theaters. And I, I love The Rock. You know, I know yeah. from the, the wrestling list I did the other day, like, <laughs> I, I remember following him from back in the late 90s and now seeing that he's become pretty much the biggest movie star in the world. Yes. It's an absolutely insane story. And like his story needs to be a movie all on its it, own. I'm pretty sure he's working on that, actually. Okay. I do believe I've seen something, either that, either a movie or a series with someone playing a younger version of him. Or is it no, yeah. Is it is it a comedy about his growing is about his childhood? You're Everyone's right. It is. Yeah. It's days. like young rock or something like that. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Cause I mean, his childhood was insane. Well, even as he got older, you know, when he played for the university of Miami and then <laughs> tried to go play in the CFL and he was in trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally went into the family business and then the rest, as they say, is history. Boy, the, the rest is present tense. That's true. <laughs> it's, that- there's no telling. And the thing is, I think he's only in like his mid to late 40s, I think. So he's still yes. relatively young. He is in his late 40s. He will be 50 uh, May 2nd of 2022. Oh, wow. I know numbers well. And I read his autobiography four times while I was eight years old. That's awesome. 
don't recommend it for your children, by the way. (laughs) There's a a very strong adult graphic description. It's not even that graphic of a description, but it's it's some it's some sex. (laughs) Are you talking about the one he wrote like while he was still in while he was still? Yes. Uh, I think it was called the The Rock says. Yeah, Yeah. I've read that so many times. And every time I read that section, I just laugh at how now I laugh because it's like he's just putting himself down the whole time. Yeah. which is very he's very self-deprecating about it but when i was a kid i was like wow this is steamy <laughs> well that's the thing about the rock that i think is very appealing is that he is self-deprecating and he doesn't take mm-hmm. himself very seriously like he's arguably the most famous movie star in the world he's one of yes. the most charismatic people on the planet but mm-hmm. you can tell that he's extremely humble about where he's at and i think that's why i like him as an actor even more because i even remember did you see the sonic the hedgehog movie oh my god yes is the (laughs) rock president i was gonna say that (laughs) well so they that little clip was released on uh twitter and they tagged the rock in it and the rock responded by talking about how he loved playing sonic in college and yeah. that reference was really humbling to him because he was a Sonic fan. I'm like, yeah. who would I say that if I were on that level of fame? I mean, I would like to think so, but the fact that he did was, yeah, was super right. cool. The Rock, we all aspire to be him, both in size and in gratitude and largeness of heart. Yes. God, if I ever, like, something on my bucket list, honestly, is to meet The Rock, even if it's like a 30 second conversation. I just want to meet The Rock one day. <laughs> he will probably remember your name for the rest of his life. So, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to. I want to be in a fight scene with The Rock. Oh man, that'd because be awesome. because we have very different sizes and probably very similar styles, despite the size difference. <laughs> He'd have to give you the rock bottom. <laughs> And the people's elbow, and the, like them's them's the rules, and he's got to kip up in our fight. I, I have a, yep. I have a, I've written it out. I won't lie. <laughs> hey, can't blame you there. Cannot I'll be like, don't you worry, there. you're gonna win, Rock. You don't have to worry about Vin Diesel or, um, uh, what's his name, Jason, Jason Statham. Statham on the on the punch counts, dude. You're gonna win. Yeah, I just I have these specific things I need to happen. Yeah, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. He'll probably be like, wow, that's that's a mediocre fight. He called it mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we we see the original Jumanji because I saw it in theaters. I want to say it came out right after. Um, did it come out right after Force Awakens or was it Last Jedi? I think it was uh, it was around Last Jedi. OK, I'm pretty sure. I had Movie Pass, so it was definitely around Last Jedi. I remember Movie I'm, Pass. Movie Pass. It's a it's a relic from a bygone era. I still have my card. <laughs> I cut mine up. <laughs> that's, pro- that's probably the smart decision. Yeah, but I remember watching it, and I, I was laughing so hard that I couldn't breathe in some parts, <laughs> just because you have The Rock, who's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You have Kevin Hart, who's hilarious. You have Jack Black, Tenacious oh. D who is hilarious too. You put them together and and I'll give Karen Gillian this because I only knew her from Doctor Who. She held her own with the other three and she fit right in. I only knew her from Guardians of the Galaxy. And so let's see, Last Jedi was 17? 
Mm-hmm. So Guardians 2 was already out. So I, I kind of was like, okay, I had an, a different expectation, I think, because she was Nebula and she was hilarious in the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the, the it's not right fruit part, like that still gets me to this day. I think it's the best little callback. Um, so when she, I saw that, I don't remember what scene it was. But she does something and like her expression is, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. And I died in the theater. I was the only person in the theater, too. So I had free reign to talk and laugh the whole time. Uh, and I, I just busted out laughing at only her expression because I was thinking the same thing it was like, holy crap, she did that. And her face just told the story like a great acting right there. I remember I think it was the Comic-Con before the first uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. They had the full like cast Q and A, and someone asked her, you know, "What was it like having to put the bald cap on, you know, to to play mm. Nebula?" And then yes. she just pulls her hair off, and it was a wig, and she was just completely shaved bald, and that whole yeah. room went nuts. And I was like, "Holy crap!" She actually went like that. That took some balls to do that. Yeah, that's commitment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. I will say it is. I have a lot of hair and just putting it up to put a mask on sometimes is a real literal pain in my scalp. So mm. I would probably, if someone said you can be bald or wear a bald cap, I'd probably be bald by the end of it anyway, with how much hair I'm going to lose. So I'd probably shave it too. Figure you might as well just eliminate the painful process and just. It'll eventually grow back. Who yeah. knows? Maybe my head will not be as misshapen as I think it is. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? So what what was your reaction to Welcome to the Jungle when you saw it? Blown away. Totally not what I expected. Uh, I would say probably four times better than I was expecting. Like it, it really it really put me back in my seat and was like, this was amazing. I need to buy this. I cannot wait to see this again. I think MoviePass had eliminated repeat viewings by that point, so I couldn't really... I didn't want to pay for it, I won't lie. (laughs) Um, But I was so excited just because... I'm a, I loved video games growing up. I don't really have the time to play them right now or ever lately. But uh, I've always wanted a good video game movie that follows the rules of a video game but still follows the same rules of a movie plot. And it was the first movie that I think truly accomplished both of those feats seamlessly and without trying. Well, the cool thing, too, is I thought it played a nice homage to the original jumanji as well so it wasn't necessarily a it was a reboot in a way but it it paid little subtle nods to Mm -hmm. the robin williams movie which i i appreciated and again like i wasn't a a diehard fan of the original jumanji but the fact that they did that made me appreciative of it yes and we'll get to uh how they continued that in the second one once we get closer to the end of the talk um but yeah, I, I concur. I My favorite thing about it leading up is when everyone was outraged. He's like, we're not trying to do anything that Robin Williams did. You can't compete with Robin Williams. He's a genius. He's amazing. And he's he lives in pop culture history for the rest of time. He's like, but we're going to do our thing. And we hope that it pays the right homage and it pays respect to what that film did. And I think they lived up to that. No, I, I absolutely agree. 
And I just remember, and I, I didn't necessarily have low expectations going in, but I don't think I really had any expectations. And like you, I was just completely blown away by the fact that it was a cool looking movie. You could tell the cast was having a blast. It was mm-hmm. almost oh, yeah. nonstop hilarious. And it's just not every movie has to be this artistic cinematic masterpiece like The Lighthouse or, you know, yes. your, your your finer dramas. Like you can go to a movie and just shut your brain off and enjoy the ride. And mm-hmm. this is great at that. Yes. And not only that, but it, it does have, you know, if, you, if you're a fan like I am of trying to pick out the plot before it's gotten there, um, it, it gives you little easter eggs and little nuggets which is a video game thing uh and it gives you just enough to be able to oh are they gonna do this and then when you get there they have a 50 50 success rate on whether they're gonna do it or flip it and do something totally different Mm -hmm. no absolutely uh adam i'll get to your comment in a second when we get into the sequel but um yeah they announced that there was going to be a second one, which I was really excited for. And the thing with sequels, especially to movies that are surprises, the surprise element is gone for the Mm -hmm. sequel because like, say I'll use the Mandalorian as an example. No one really knew what to expect with the Mandalorian. And then it was a huge hit, but Mm -hmm. there's going to be high expectations for season two. Oh yeah. So for me, there were higher expectations, you know, like, are they going to just retread the whole thing? Or are they just, is it going to be a repeat of the original one? But mm-hmm. you bring in two greats like Danny DeVito and Danny Glover, and you've got me sold on that already. <laughs> huh? Huh? Are we in Florida? Oh my God. What a line. <laughs> well, I remember the the first time you I saw the trailer, and The Rock starts talking like Danny DeVito, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's brilliant!" Right? I'm all in. So what what was what was your reaction? Well, I, and I'll say this: so uh, Adam Waldron says in the comment, "I said I always said you would kill me by talking too slow." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he studies the language. As he scows through every word in it to get to the point. point. <laughs> yes, that's an ostrich. It's oh my a flightless God. bird. And yes, they travel in herds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, they run fast. <laughs> um, yeah, when I first saw the trailer, I... I was also just like, oh, The Rock's going to do Danny DeVito, like the whole movie. I already was buying a ticket, yeah. man, but like you really sold me with that. Yeah. Um, they had the Florida line in the trailer, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they f- revealed that Kevin Hart was going to be Danny Glover, all I could think was, I'm too old for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Why have uh, I become a small, muscular Boy Scout? <laughs> That's like the nicest compliment slash diss that someone's probably ever said about Kevin Hart. (laughs) Well, the thing about that, and to sidetrack a little bit, but if you follow like the leading up to the release of that movie, Mm -hmm. the pictures that um, that The Rock would post on his Instagram with him and Kevin Hart's interaction was so freaking funny. Yeah, like he constantly called Kevin Hart his son. 
Yeah, I was I was following some of that because that was his first press since his car accident. Mm -hmm. So it was like a really big deal and they were having so much fun. I'm pretty sure they they made Kevin hurt because he was laughing so much. He, he needed to have some pressure taken off and they kept putting the pressure on by making him laugh. <laughs> I bet that would have been such a great set to be on. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of those kids, they're all big kids in their own way. Like, I love it. Did you see the Jack Black and Karen Gillian's um, I'm trying to remember exactly it. They would like do little sing song things and they had to guess what they were trying to mimic. Mm -hmm. And they did one and someone did this. Karen Gillian was like, and I was like, is that your Danny DeVito? And she's like, I love how I only had to do her. And you thought it was Danny DeVito. <laughs> like that was the whole, it was like a five to 10 minute video. Go Google it folks watching on the Facebook and the podcast. Uh, it is very much worth your time. You're going to laugh and it's going to hurt a little bit later. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, Adam says Jack Black is my spirit animal. That's actually a fact. As long as I've known Adam, Jack Black has been his spirit animal. It's a good spirit animal. Yeah. Especially when he's got the big beard and cowboy boots and a hat dancing on TikTok. <laughs> I haven't seen any of those, but that sounds amazing. Oh, it's glory. Uh, with Jack Black, I always think of Tenacious D and the tribute music video. I always think of uh, School of Rock. Oh, School like, of Rock's a great movie. It's it's a classic, dude. That's one of the. Uh, that's a movie I need a sequel to. Mm -hmm. There like, should be a sequel, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love a sequel right now. Give it to me, please. So, uh, Adam and I, a little side story. He and I work at the Blue Wahoos together, and we did a School of Rock night. Mm -hmm. And he actually had the the outfit, like the the tuxedo with the shorts that Jack Black wore. <laughs> he wore that, and then I had the um. The top hat with the white button up and the roll up sleeves with the oh, with the red man. tape on it. It was great. There's, <laughs> I, I have to find the picture and send it to you. But it was a it was a super fun night. That but is I, glorious. I I can't imagine just the stories that you could hear on set of Jumanji: The Next Level with guys like. I mean, enough stories from like The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jack Black, but you throw in Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. I bet. Yeah. Danny Glover's got stories for a lifetime. Yeah, I I mean, I'm sure they both do. Yeah. They are uh triple my lifetime. Almost. I think they're both almost triple my lifetime. I can't remember exactly how old they are. I think they're in their 70s and I'm 28, so Yeah. It uh, pushes it. Yeah. Pushes it. It's close. Something like that. The math almost adds up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what, what were some of the moments in, um, Jumanji, the next level that stood out to you as far as being like your favorite and, and those who are in the chat, feel free to throw yours in as well. And we'll absolutely talk about them. Carlos Longoria. Why are you doing your taxes? It's a trap. <laughs> That's a trap. They actually, <laughs> push, they actually push back the date for uh, tax day. So for like filing, that's good because I forgot to 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 do mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't done mine yet. <laughs> yeah, I've had other reasons to forget about it. Um, so some, some moments that stood out to me, um, definitely. Are we in Florida? Like 
the the first dropping into the level of Jumanji, um, and they were kind of figuring it all out again. Um, that was really fun, especially with that that hippo man. Or no, was it the snake this time? It was the snake mm-hmm. that bit him in half. Yeah, that scared the hell out of me. I won't lie, I jumped, I teared up a little. <laughs> Snakes are scary, <laughs> but uh, it was hilarious how they all like got reacquainted with Jumanji. I would have to say. The, the fighting of the ostriches. Uh, the Rock has a line where he goes, I held a guy, punched an ostrich, and fought off a whole herd. Oh, I drive in a car. I was a machine. That I'm was. Untouchable. I'm untouchable. I should. I was. Oh, I've never been this good in so long. You were never this good. Like, that whole exchange was fantastic. Um, the. I cannot remember the actor's name to save my life, but he played the hound in um, Game of Thrones. I know who you're talking about. He's the villain, and his evil monologue, if you will, at the beginning when they really introduce who he is um, before you find out who Spencer is in the game, and he talks about his friend Dagfin, and then, you know, he's like, why did he have to die? goes on and on and then he's just like so i fed dagfin to his hyenas <laughs> like whoa and what? i love dagfin yeah <laughs> makes you think i wouldn't do the same deal i'm like well that's a <laughs> bravo that was a good speech i was sitting i was literally like what's he gonna say what's he gonna do and then he drops that and i go okay that fits with the hound okay that was a very good very good villain choice very good uh writing you know, bravo to that. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Uh, the fact that Bethany came back as a horse. <laughs> I'm trying to remember it. Cannonball. Sometimes it might have been the name of the horse. I thought that was um, a great piece of writing. And they got Colin Hanks back in mm-hmm. as his character's name, which escapes me. Um, I want to say which- it was Alex. Alex, that's what it was. It was a very simple name. Of course, I'd forget it. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to be honest, though. Like the part that stands out to me the most, I, I'll do two. I'll do one really quick. Is when they go to get the fruit, the the desert fruit, mm-hmm. and they have to follow the flame. Uh, and then they they are in that water, and then they make they make contact, and they switch bodies. Genius piece of writing. I thought that was exquisite how they did it. It was a great surprise. Um, as soon as they like go and reach and they make contact, I'm like, nothing's happened. And then I'm like, oh, dude, they're going to switch bodies, aren't they? And then, boom, it happened as soon as I thought it. Well, the and way they did it, too, was brilliant because, you know, they yeah. go to the not to cut you off, but whenever they find oh. the, the spring mm-hmm. with that same type of water and they all emerge with welcome to the jungle blasting in the background. Yes. It was great. It was a great callback because you weren't expecting it a second time in the movie. Um, but the, my favorite part of that, that first scene is the fridge just going ju- jumping up and down. He's like, I'm a machine. And he just starts doing like all the jump kicks and just you, you get classic old school video game graphics in terms of the body movement. And mm-hmm. it, I, I was watching it in 4K before we hopped on that scene. And it, it, I can't tell if it's CGI or if they have her on a wire, but like 
perfect body control to get it to look exactly like a video game. And then, of course, what does he do? With great power comes great responsibility, and he breaks it. And they switch back before the scene even ends. Like, you don't even cut away from it, I don't think. Um, But then my favorite part of the the whole movie, my favorite actor in the whole movie is Aquafina because of her portrayal like i thought danny uh the rock is danny devito was gonna be like the creme de la creme of this movie no it's aquafina as <laughs> as as uh danny devito because she gets this the voice the attitude the personality and the walk completely down the slump shoulders ah i was about to say ah yeah ah I couldn't the whole time that that was going on. Every time she slash she was on the screen, it, it was gold to me. That was my favorite part of the whole movie because she. I don't know if you can get better than an impersonation of Danny DeVito than that. It shows how great of an actor she is by playing mm-hmm. another actor. Yes. And not only that, she plays two actors. She plays yeah. Spencer and she yeah. plays Spencer perfectly. Like th- down to the, the exact twitches in his voice and the stuttering. I thought I was like, oh, that's totally Spencer. Like as soon as it was like, wait, wait, you, you, you guys. I was like, Spencer, boom, easy. And it took the characters, like, you know, a couple more sentences to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she like walked out and I could see her walking, I was like, that's Danny DeVito. Like that's, that is spot on DeVito from anything ever. Well, and that's something that's great, too, about this movie is that a lot of the actors are having to play multiple personalities and they Mm -hmm. all nail it throughout the entire movie, which is nuts. Like you have Kevin Hart playing Danny DeVito and then Fridge. So and like everybody has two personalities to play. And I thought they all did a phenomenal job. Like there's yes. not a lot of people talk about the acting in this movie because it's got cool effects and it's a comedy, but it's yeah. got really good acting in it as well. Yeah, it's got a it's got great acting. And I was so surprised that Jack Black was going like was fridge. And at first I was like, I don't know if his impression is really on point. And the more it went, I was like, no, that's totally fridge, man. <laughs> like he's he's doing it. He's doing a fridge impression, but it's as Jack Black because, you know, you can't change your voice that much as a person you know you have limitations and it was just perfect he embodied the personality so well and when karen uh gillian became um fridge she was like great she's like dude this body is amazing and i was like that's a really good impression like i'm very impressed that she's first she's she's uh english right of that so Doing an American accent, I I don't understand how actors can do an American accent. It blows my mind. Um, it's probably because I am American, but I don't know how people can do it. And the fact that she did that and then played Fridge and, you know, it, her voice could only go so far, but it was the personality, the looks, the facial movements that really captured and encapsulated Fridge, I think. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with that. Um, my the moments that stood out to me was the initial arrival in Jumanji. And I know they gave it away in the trailer, but whenever you find out that The Rock and Kevin Hart are Danny DeVito and Danny Glover respectively, was just like a you could tell you were in for a a fun ride with that whole thing. And then when they're in the desert and 
The Rock slash Danny DeVito sees himself, uh, his reflection, and he's like, oh, <laughs> my eyes are a different color. And Kevin Hart says, all of you is a different color. <laughs> <laughs> Just little one-liners like that are, are so great. And Wade Vatican says in the chat, oh, geez, I need to see this one. Yeah, you've got to see it. It's such a fun movie. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, if you haven't seen Welcome to the Jungle, you obviously watch that first, but it's, it's absolutely worth it. And I, I was, I can't remember if I said this at the beginning of the show, but I, I watched it right before we hopped on here to do the podcast. And I was so mm-hmm. glad I did because it was only my second time watching it. But oh, I, I remember yes. just laughing my butt off in the theater. It was so, so freaking good. Do you think that there will be a third one? Oh, yeah. I do. Um, spoiler alert for the movie. Um, if you watch all the way through, there is a little little, little post credit scene. I wouldn't really call it a post credits. It's more of like a sneeze and we're back at the scene. Um, which, as I mentioned, I, I alluded to earlier, they uh, tie it back into the original uh, Jumanji. Um, that, it'll hit me in a second. Uh, is it Patty? No, Carol. Ah, Aunt Carol? Yeah, I think that's the name. Um, she's the owner of the of Nora's Nora. It's Nora. Yeah. yeah, she is the aunt of the kids from the original Jumanji. So like it ties right back into that. And it's very fitting that they're at Nora's diner when all of a sudden there's a herd of ostriches that run by, which as soon as it ended, I was like, oh, no, like I, I was excited. But also I was like. I got to wait for the next one. Like that's a total bummer. Cause I think, I mean, it just, it makes the most sense that the video game characters are going to come out like they did in the original Jumanji, right? They've, they've earned that. So now we'll see the characters as they are meant to be interacting with the humans and more likely than not, the humans are going to have to teach the characters how to deal with all the stuff going on. I don't think that, Dr. Bravestone is going to have that super duper strength and be able to throw people through walls and all that good stuff. And their weaknesses are going to increase and they're probably going to be mortal. Now it's going to be more than just, it's going to be probably less than three lives. They'll probably die on the first one. What are your thoughts, Derek? I think as long as the rock has his smoldering intensity, I, I think he'll be good. I, I also, I loved at the very end when, <laughs> Danny DeVito's talking with BB Newworth and he does yes. the, the smoldering look at it and it works too. I was like, oh yes. my God. Yeah, he does it. And I'm like, oh wow. Okay. Okay. I didn't know Danny DeVito she, could smolder, you know? He, she's just like, oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take this here and I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. I was yeah. like, like, huh. It worked. Go Danny. It, it, go. There you go, Danny DeVito. You guy. <laughs> uh, Wade um, Vatican brings in a, a good point. He says that would be interesting, perhaps seeing the original characters meeting with the modern ones. So maybe bringing ooh. in some characters from the original movie. Uh, maybe the the kids are adults, and you bring them in. That would be awesome. Honestly, that would be really cool. Wow, because I think they're going to do that with uh, the next Jurassic World is bring in, um, I can't remember their names, but Laura Dern's character. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Neill. Yes, yeah, Sam Neill and um, Jeff Goldblum, even though he was in Law, um, 
uh, Fallen Kingdom one. for like Fallen Kingdom, yeah, for like five seconds, but life finds a way. Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. I think it's got to mirror the um, the original Jumanji as far as like the game coming to life because they've gone into life, the yeah. game world twice. I don't think you can do that for a third time. I don't think I think it comes down to the lives. You know, once you go past three, it's over. Yeah. So, you know, once once you end that, you lose that third one. You can't do it again. So now they're going to come out and it's kind of everyone's on their last leg. One thing has to happen, though. My boy, Nigel, has to show up and say, welcome to Jumanji (laughs) at some point. He played a non-playable character so well with just a limited vocabulary, perhaps you should read it aloud. <laughs> I am, I'm a huge fan of Flight of the Concords, and he plays their manager in it. And that's, if you've never heard of Flight of the Concords, I very much recommend you go find it on HBO. It is created by Jermaine Clement, who, simply put, he is the voice of Tamatoa from Moana, and he's one of the, singers so they sing songs in every episode but it's written and directed by taika Waititi. almost the whole series is i'm so that gives you yeah if that gives you an idea i was a fan of taika before i realized that taika was a big deal because my friend got me into that and then they're like oh you should watch this movie and it was what we do in the shadows and i was like oh my gosh and then i was like wait a minute uh, let's see. When did I watch What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah, I watched it before he got announced as the new director for Ragnarok. And there you go. Like, that's the story. And But he, Nigel, the actor that plays Nigel, is plays their manager. And boy, if, if you had to compare two characters, I would have to say the manager, Murray, is... is is a non-playable character in this show, Flight of the Concords. <laughs> well, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. There's so many little, like, subtle e- Easter egg as far, as far as, like, video game references go. Like the non-playable mm-hmm. character with just having the the limited dialogue. You have the lives. You have, you mm-hmm. know, the like, the convenient mm-hmm. items that are there that push the story along and, and one of my favorite lines is when uh bravestone starts reading the letter and then it transitions to the shot of the the castle and mm-hmm. he's like wait what's going on and karen jillian's <laughs> like that's a cut scene it's gonna ex- actually you know what never mind just watch yeah <laughs> i'll tell you after <laughs> like, as, as a gamer those little references like i geek out over stuff like that not everyone yeah, catches it, but it's the little nuances in movies that I love. Because, uh, you know, most anyone can come up with a general story, but it's coming out with those little bitty layers that makes it enjoyable for, like, the diehards like us. Yeah, I I agree. And that's why uh, before Ready Player One came out, it, it was the best video game movie I'd ever seen, Welcome to the Jungle. I, in my top three of video game movies, it's two Jumanji movies (laughs) and Ready Player One and Ready Player One might move around a little bit because of how old school these movies, uh, the old school games are referenced in the new Jumanji movies Mm -hmm. and Ready Player One is kind of like the future of gaming in a way. Actually, it's very much the future of gaming. Um, Could be the future of society at one point. I I am so worried that that's exactly yeah. what's I mean, we're already living in a simulation. Like, how many layers of simulation do they want us to go is the real question. Yeah. 
No, so, that's true. It's uh, a, Car- Carlos says, I thought the NPC was going to be a secret villain. That would have been a cool twist, actually. Save it for the third. Yeah. <laughs> that, if Nigel turns out to be the mastermind behind oh, this whole wow. thing. Right. I, I would. That would blow my mind. I would actually really like that. Yo, someone get us on the horn with the rack. Exactly. <laughs> we got a we got a pitch here. Like Rock, I need two things. I need you to hear this pitch, and I need an hour of your time, and I need to grab my recorder because you're gonna do my podcast. That's three. That's three things, man. <laughs> that, okay, maybe that's one too many. But um, yeah, funny enough, like I don't think like you'd think that maybe the rock would have done like stone cold steve austin's podcast or chris jericho's podcast but he he hasn't yet at least i don't think he has i'm actually yeah you i think he might have done stone cold once back when it first started i do believe they've had one chat Mm -hmm. i could be wrong but um they always have amazing twitter interactions yeah like i love them so much yeah uh did you see hard tangent really quick did you see jericho's uh live stream on saturday with kevin smith Smith. i saw a little bit of it i I didn't watch the whole thing i need to go back and watch it i I need to go watch the whole thing as well because i just gotten off another live stream buying comics (laughs) from pennsylvania so i was like i need to lay down and go to bed man i'm I'm sorry guys (laughs) but uh, i i just happened to open it up and it was like chris jericho's live and i was like oh that's cool opened it up and i saw kevin smith and i was like grains and greens is back baby let's go what are we talking about (laughs) energy is back energy is back i love it uh, but yeah, I, I hope they do a, a third movie to to kind of round out this trilogy. Just because it, it has, it, it hits all the nuances for me. It's a fun story. The acting is good. You've got a solid cast. Mm-hmm. So why why not why not do a third? And I, I think eventually they will. I mean, guy with how yeah. busy the Rock schedule is, it, it's that guy is I think the hardest working man on the planet. Yeah. I do believe so. That's why everyone wants him to be president. But I think that's exactly why he does not want to be president. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the I mean, they even joked about it in the Mm -hmm. Sonic movie, like we mentioned before. But because I think they're just now really starting to work on Black Adam. And that was announced a long time ago. Uh, Yeah, like a decade ago or so. Right. I think. It was it was not too long after the new streak of DC movies started. So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking, I'm trying to think. I want to say it was in the hype, like when they started announcing before Batman versus Superman came out. Did they not release like the schedule? Because Warner Brothers was like, we're gonna make a universe. Um, I believe they announced Black Adam in that and. He was finally able to come out and be like, I'm playing Black Adam. And it was like, what? Okay. And that was before he'd even gotten in on the Fast Five and this and that and this and that. He was like, We're the, the Rock's going to play Black Adam. We're guaranteed on that. And then he became the, the biggest movie star on the planet, arguably. And now they're like, we're giving Black Adam his own movie, probably a trilogy, because it's The Rock. And it will make all of the money. It will. Because The, it's rock- the rock. The Rock has this strange, uncanny ability to come in, take an existing franchise, and 
make it go up a level. And it's weird because it started with Mummy 2, The Rise of the Scorpion King, which led to its spinoff movie, The Scorpion King. And it's like insane how he's, what is it? Let's see. Rebooted Walking Tall. Mm -hmm. Rebooted Gridiron Gang. I do believe that was a sequel. No, that was that was not. That was not a sequel. Rescind that. Um, he's rebooted Jumanji. Basically rebooted the Fast series when he dropped in on Fast Five and changed the game entirely. Uh, Black Adam. Yeah. There's there's another show that he's not. There's something that he's not in, but he produced and got it off the ground. He did I that cannot. Titan show. Titans. Yes, that that's probably what I'm thinking of, because it wasn't it's not the same as what the uh, American Gladiators was, but it is very much in that same style. And I'm pretty sure American Gladiators was for NBC at the same time. Carlos Longoria mentioned Doom. Doom. (laughs) That was a bad movie, man. Oh, the first person sequence was kind of cool, but oh. I, I will, yeah. I'll tell this story real quick about Doom. So, uh, The Rock left wrestling full time in 2004 to go into you know making movies full time. He came back at the Hall of Fame before Mania 24 to induct his dad and his grandfather, and I was at that Hall of Fame. And I remember that place went nuts when he came oh. out. When, when he walked out, he was just acting like a normal human being. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. And then he reached uh, underneath the podium, pulls out a microphone, holds it up and does his uh, finally the rock has come back to Orlando shtick. And the, the roof I thought was going to blow off the place. But he, he made oh. a joke about John Cena's movie, The Marine. And everybody's like, oh, and Rock's like, oh, it's okay. I made Doom. And everybody was like, yeah, oh, yeah, Doom was a really bad movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like Doom was worse than the Marine. My only issue with the Marine was that it had too many explosions. And that, I told my dad that after we watched it the first time. And he goes, that's your biggest gripe with this movie. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's what you love. I'm like, I know. And it had too many. That's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 14 or 15. And they, I was like, it's too many explosions. It's just unfathomable. <laughs> yeah, what? dude. The Rock. What a guy. Yeah, The Rock is is fantastic. Uh, Carlos says, I thought What's-His-Name played a better Judge Dredd, though. I want to say that was Carl Urban. Oh, did the very reboot. much Carl Urban. Yeah. I am the law. Even though, like the 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 Stallone version of Dread does have a soft spot for me, just because of the, I, I can't do the facial expression. But he's like, "I am the law." Oh, I mean, I gotta stretch for that much yeah, frowning. Something. Like I that. am the law. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, it's got a lot of. He's got a lot of lip. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. You're all good, sir. You're all good. I remember watching that movie for the first time. I was like 16 or 17 and I was staying at my grandparents fishing camp for a week and we had just brought like a stack of 10 DVDs and one of them was Judge Dredd and I had never seen it before and that was the first time I had watched it. Wow. I was maybe 10 or 11 when I first saw it. My dad's like, oh, this is a good movie. And we watched it. And I was like, wow. 
that was okay. And then I got older and I became a genuine fan of movies and I watched it again. I was like, okay, it was being very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Just out of like my own personal preference, not saying it's a bad movie, but my personal preference was, okay, okay, it was being very nice as an eight year old. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you feel the same way that, you know, since we've both, you know, worked on film sets before and we're obviously both big movie fans. Yes. Once you do that, it completely changes your perspective on movies, sometimes for the worse, because you can't go to a theater and enjoy a movie anymore. Yes, I was at that point well before I knew I wanted to be an actor. I used to uh, so my I, I'm a borderline cinephile, but it's mostly for comedy movies and really fun action movies that are within my shtick, which is a broad, vast variety of Star Trek, Star Wars, comic books, and then, you know, really random things. Uh, Motherless Bro- Brooklyn is on my list to watch next because I have Tourette's, so I really want to see how that's portrayed by Edward Norton because he's a class A actor. I want to see um, that too. So I in high school, I would basically skimp on what I ate for lunch so that on the weekend I had enough change left over from lunch so I could go watch three movies a day because boy, was that more fun than sitting at home. (laughs) And I went by myself and there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's like, that's so sad. I was listening to your onward review about seeing it uh, in theaters alone. And I'm like, was it onward? Was it? Yeah. Something like that. It was a movie. It was one of your recent podcasts when you were talking about going to the movies alone. And I'm like, it was onward. Yeah. Yeah. I do that all the time. And I still, I I did that as a kid. I did that as a teenager. Now I do it as an adult because nobody wants to go to the movies at random times that I do. (laughs) The way I look at it is it's not really that different from watching a movie by yourself at home. You're just watching it on a giant screen. I get, I get more elbow room. Usually, because I normally pick the one that no one goes to. And if you go to a movie at like one o'clock in the afternoon and no one's there, you can sit back row middle and you can just prop your feet up, Mm -hmm. lean back like this, and you're good. So when uh, I actually Onward came out the 13th, right? Of April. No, of March. I think is when it came out in theaters was that week or maybe the week before mm-hmm. um, I was actually going down to Tampa right at the start of the coronavirus down there. And I took my nephews to see that because that was our, that's our thing that, okay, let me rephrase that. That's my thing that I'm teaching them to do is go see movies. And I took them to see onward. Cause I knew it was going to be a movie about brothers. I I'd had the, a little bit of the plot spoiled in the sense that I knew it was really about brothers and not finding your you know dead relative kind of thing. So I was like, these boys need to see this movie. And we went and we were the only three people in the entire building outside of the workers um, because of the coronavirus. So we got to watch Onward by ourselves in the movie theater which i don't think they've ever had happen so they one nephew kept switching seats all up in the top section and i just sat in my normal seat because i i'm i'm very picky i like to be as centered as i can in the theater it's a very sheldon cooper thing i want to have the best acoustics (laughs) and and my other nephew sat next to me and we just sat there and cracked up and then at the end i cried like a baby and my nephews made fun of me it was very mean I understand why you did though. That movie was so freaking good. Oh, so good. I yeah. 
I'm going to cry if I think about it too. <laughs> like, oh, it's so good. I'm trying to get my friend to watch it, but I don't, I'm like, he's like, I don't know if I want to cry. I'm like, but it's a good cry, bro. It's a good cry. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Yeah. Well, as, um, as we start to wrap up here, um, you want to talk about CyberCon? Real quick, because I know oh, you, yeah. you, you've been pretty heavily involved. And I've been seeing you post a lot of good stuff about it. So tell us a little bit about CyberCon. Let me take a deep inhale. The International Internet Convention known as CyberCon will be live streaming directly into your homes April 17th to 19th for 56 straight hours of content starting on Friday, April 17th at noon Eastern Standard Time all the way until Sunday, April 19th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to like CyberCon on Facebook so that you can stay up to date with who will be entertaining you. Now that that's out of the way, uh, yes, I've been involved since the since go. They messaged me. I messaged them about something separately and uh, entirely separate. Uh, the web show folks, um, the hanging with web show folks, and they're like, uh, "Send this to Garrett." But also, here's what we're about to do. And then before I'd even sent it, I saw the message, and at the end, it, it was basically, "How crazy are we?" And I was like, "I'm more insane than you. I'm already in." And we started, I, I reached out to Derek right off the bat because I knew that he's moderated panels and he's got his podcast that we, he could do. I started a podcast with my friend, David Thompson, the Lights Thunder Action podcast. Um, that day, I started that project, CyberCon, uh, another project and another project. I think it was four projects in a day that I started from one single message. And uh, yeah, it was my improv group. We we started talking about filming our stuff because we can. Uh, and by we, I mean me. So we decided to do that. And uh, it's 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 exploded. Um, we have 56 hours completely covered on our main feed, which we're calling Hall H because eh, it's not copywritten. And we have page panels, which most of the times are filled except for the wee hours in the morning. Um, and so we basically have two separate ballrooms that you can attend. We have live action, live action, live auctions with comic book shops. Uh, one of which I just bought uh, some really, really good stuff that I've been looking for. And I didn't even really have to try. They just happened to have it like the WandaVision wedding from Giant Avengers number four. Dude, got it. I got it. And I was so excited. Like, I lost my mind. I got the first appearance of Malekith, Jane Foster revealing that she's Lady Thor. And uh, what if number 50, what if the Hulk killed Wolverine? Like, good finds, good rare finds. That's really hard to look for these days. Um, but the creme de la creme, this is my personal opinion. No one else can say this except for probably Christian Ingram from the Power Rangers guy in Power Rangers in Cyberspace, because with his help, uh, he and I have confirmed five of the six Power Rangers from Power Rangers in space. We have, I have to pull up my notes because safety first. Ah, didn't mean to hit that. Did I flip it? I flipped it. It's gone. It's missing. We have Christopher Kamen Lee, the Red Ranger, uh, Tracy Lynn Cruz, the Yellow Ranger, Roger Velasco, the Black Ranger, Selwyn Ward, the Blue Ranger, and Justin Nemo, the Silver Ranger. As of right now, that is who we have confirmed. We are very hopeful. Our fingers are crossed. We're praying to the gods above every deity. We need all their help, the false, um, the schwas. We're praying to it all uh, that we can get the Pink Ranger, who's not done a con since 2009, 
Uh, we're hoping that she will um, join us for this panel because it is all live streaming and she does not have to deal with any um, folks in person. And uh, if you know fans, if you're a fan and you know other fans, not all fans are created equal. Um, so we're hoping that she'll come on, but I, I will be honest. I do not know how likely that is. If I had to put money on it, I would not be betting. Let's put it that way. Um, but we're hopeful that she'll come on and join us. And that would be, uh, th this is, this is probably the closest you'll ever get to a power Rangers in space reunion with all the Rangers. Um, and that'll be Saturday, which comes on right after the costume contest. That's right, folks. We have a virtual costume contest. Um, as well as live paintings and a whole lot more. Oh yes. Here's a, here's a very good one for us nerds. Um, Stan Lee's final panel at dragon con will actually be uh, broadcast. It was recorded and it'll be broadcast on the Sunday at 3 PM Eastern standard time. I'll have to check that out. That's yeah, awesome. that is, that is like, that's that's I think that's the last panel that I have like written into my calendar that I have to watch and pay attention to because uh, you have to obviously you have to you have to pay attention to the maker is very important is very important yes only Stan Lee can cut my hair <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I'm excited for this weekend and I, I want to thank you yeah. for reaching out to me to be a part of it uh -huh. I, I'm gonna be uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, myself and my Nerd Cave Retro co-host Jason Robbins will be talking about uh, the long-term effects that COVID-19 will have on the film industry. And I know we both have uh, pretty strong opinions about that. So I'm excited to discuss it. And I mean, it, I think it's a very relevant topic for something that, you know, may not... I mean, I think it's safe to say that the world's probably not going to be the same because of this. But I think the yeah. film industry especially is not going to be the same after this. Yeah, I mean, we've already got movies releasing directly to digital with Trolls last week. So, like, that is that is a very big move. Um, it's it's really a testing ground right now for the movie industry mm -hmm. to see what, what's going to happen. WWE is now deemed essential business, which, I mean... I, I like that they have entertainment. Like that's very, that's the only new entertainment consistently coming out on network television or not network, but like cable. Yeah. So that's a really big deal. Um, would I call it essential? Not personally. No, I wouldn't even call my job essential to be a hundred percent honest with you, but it's only essential to the economy. And that's a politician. That's a political conversation that I'm going to push to the side. Um, but with COVID, I, I, I forgot to mention this, that CyberCon is free. You can attend from your couch pants. I'm stressing this because I will not be wearing pants. Camera will be belly button up. So I'm perfect. My Thor costume is ready. Same. Um, pants are optional. You do not have to wear them to attend our con. And if you want to donate any money that CyberCon makes, as the group, we are donating 100% of the proceeds to the Center for Disaster Philanthropies COVID-19 Response Fund. Um, our goal is $5,000 to donate to them, and which is really chump change, considering that they just donated, I believe it was $1.5 to various networks last week, actually. 
So it's it's good. It's for a great cause. And at at worst, I will make you laugh at some point during the day. I mean, there's there's going Derek will be there. That is obviously like you're gonna come for Derek. I would I would Maybe. I'm gonna be there for Derek. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I think, you know, kind of going off what you were saying a second ago, I think with everything that's going on right now and not really getting new movies, not getting mm. any sports whatsoever, I think something yeah. like this will be great to have. And having, you know, essentially you're getting to go to a convention on your couch. Yeah. That's freaking amazing. Yeah, I love not wearing pants, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I did want to throw out there real quick, kind of on the same topic. Um, Carlos Longoria said, I some, read somewhere online about AMC possibly having to file for bankruptcy soon, the way things are going. I, I've, yeah. I've heard that as well. And it sucks because there's an AMC like two blocks from my house. Yeah, I have AMC A-List and David same. Thompson, my podcast partner, um, he does as well. We actually hopped in at the same time and that's my movie buddy. We would always go see random movies together. It's like, hey, you want to see this movie at two o'clock? I got class. What about three o'clock? I'm out of class. Bet. So um, he, that's been a big topic on our podcast so far in the news because that's very near and dear to not only our pocketbooks, but our hearts and our cinephile addiction. Um I really hope that they can pull through. I hope that they're deemed essential. Wink, wink. Looking at you, governments. But we shall see. Now I'm going to cry myself to sleep thinking about AMC closing. <laughs> <sighs> well, so uh, well on that note, um, in closing, I did want to ask, do you want to plug your, your podcast, your social media, so the listeners can follow you? Yes, I should have had my card ready with all my stuff. So on Facebook, you can find me uh, if you just go facebook.com slash Thomas Carter Rochester. Um, that is my full name. That'll be my acting page where you will get most of my entertaining stuff. My personal page has basically just become a plug for my other stuff. Um, I also have Instagram at Thomas Carter Rochester. And my inst, uh, my Twitter is right below me right now at T Rochester seven four nine. Let's see what else. So I TikTok. If you enjoy that and want to watch me be an idiot, uh, Thor son of Dale. My YouTube is Life of Thor, and you can also find Lights Thunder action um, on wherever you get your podcasts, as well as Life of Thor's YouTube, and it'll be pumped, and you can like us on Facebook to stay up to date with whatever we're bringing to the table this week. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, on my end, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to check out past episodes of the show, you can find them on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. And of course, thank you to the Unicorn Wrangler Wranglers for providing the theme music for the podcast. Thomas, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was fun. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I always love talking to you, brother. Yeah, no, likewise. You know, I knew that, you know, I've listened to some of your YouTube stuff and a little bit of your podcast and it, it, you're doing good stuff. So, so keep doing it. Thank you. I, I appreciate that more than I can put into a grammatical sentence. <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening and thank you to those who are watching on Facebook Live and we'll see you guys next week. Next week.